Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic. Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore. This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Hi, welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm Rebecca Kinnestrand, your host. Daniel Dadashi is with me, my co-host. And in-house today, we have Pastor Katie mccollum Soxie. She will be talking to us today about our topic, which is prayer. The reason that we brought this, something happened in one of our last episodes, and we were like, oh my God, prayer, because it mm-hmm. was it was something that I brought up that I felt super awkward doing. And I can't think of almost, there's almost nothing else that makes me feel so awkward than when somebody wants to pray with me. Yes. <laughs> right? If I have a group of unruly teenagers, the fastest way to get everyone to quiet down is to say, who wants to pray aloud? Right. Just like <laughs> silence. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna have to use that. That's very helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's um there's just something for me, I guess it's just so private. And that even saying anything out loud, and I was trying to think of this before we came about what is it that makes me feel so awkward and or annoyed mm-hmm. <laughs> when somebody wants to do this. And I think part of it is or a big part of it is authenticity. Um, because what makes it okay to be like, oh my God, you know, I da 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 da, or thank God that happened, or, you know, oh Lord, I'm on a plane, it's falling out of the sky, help, you know, or or whatever, you know, like certain things we go, oh, that's okay, and we don't even think twice about it, these little kind of, I don't know if they're prayers, but sort of, um, these, these moments of speaking to moments God. of speaking out and to some people maybe they're just comments but anyway I was like but those are authentic moments and I think that that kind of but if somebody's just like let us pray oh dear God uh well and I think it's easy <laughs> to feel like someone else has the answer book and they're praying correctly and if you pray out loud they're gonna see that you're faking it or you don't know how to really do it or when they're praying and I'm feeling uncomfortable, I'm like, I'm not in it. Is it counting? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Like, it's right. not here in this moment. Oh, no, I just, my, my mind just wandered. Am I still in the prayer? <laughs> so here are the moments that I've been really into it. Like, when I've been in my gospel choir, I mean, we're just, it is a full-on, you know, hands-raising experience. But there's something about the music that made it really authentic. Same with Taizé. I was in Taizé, France at the monastery there. And a whole week of, like silence and prayer. I mean, you'd think that would be horrible. And I loved it because it was very, very authentic. Mm -hmm. And there are certain moments. And for me, maybe they're the really quiet personal moments in uh, different churches that do that. But um, okay, confession. Uh oh. (laughs) So in the moment of liturgy in our liturgy at this church, the blessings that we do, um, they're all these lots of words. Mm-hmm. Lots of words, people. words, yes. words, and blessings on the leaders of the day to do this right and so on. And all great things. I'm not saying it isn't mm-hmm. great stuff, all this uh-huh. prayer stuff, but I'm like, whoa, I just, I'm not here right now. There's a lot of words being said by somebody I don't know. It's yep. so <laughs> funny that you bring that up because just on Sunday, I was outside of the sanctuary. I was selling wreaths, and one of my high schoolers came out during the middle of the worship and said to me, hi, I just, I'm, I'm just here. We're, we're in the Lord have mercy part and I just needed a break. <laughs> and I said, 
you mean the prayer? And they looked at me and they're like, that's praying? <laughs> and I said, yeah. I, I, Those are the prayers of the people. I'm sorry. I'm with that person right now. <laughs> I'm so with that person. I get See, it. And also on the same Sunday, someone came out from worship and asked if they could take the bulletin home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure. And she said, because I just, I just love, who writes these prayers? And I said, well, there's a variety of sources and we kind of yeah. take them for ours. She's like, every week, I just love these so much. I have to take them home. And you're like, that's the same thing we did. Yeah. And one person yes. was completely checked out mm-hmm. of it. And one person was completely checked into it. But yes. it was exactly the same thing. And that, which I think is so, maybe prayer is the most acute case of that in worship yeah. where mm. I mean even if I would if I, if I asked the two of you or I asked a group of 10 people or whatever what does prayer look like mm. that's the thing for which you're going to get a, a different answer for every person mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and they can all be true and good and fine but they're not necessarily going to work for every person there I mean mm-hmm. like your version of prayer isn't going to work for someone else mm-hmm. and yet it's something we try to do corporately in mm-hmm. worship which is maybe impossible I don't know so theologically, what we've got one prayer. Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, right? Yeah. Our Father, uh, that one, and that's like, what else is there that we have to go on? Like, how should we? How should we do this? Well, you know, I mean, in both Gospels, Matthew and Luke, where the where the kind of Lord's Prayer shows up, they're not the same as each other for one thing, and they're not the same as what we pray now. Like, they're both much shorter. Than hmm. We added stuff. Hmm. Yeah, Jesus gave us a prayer, but not. I, I, I think it's more that Jesus gave us a pattern for prayer, and we've turned that into a prayer. Hmm. But oh. his disciples come and ask him, like, how do we pray? They and were confused, they too. Were, yeah, it's, a, it's a universal, it's a universal problem. Universal. It was like the first podcast. And then Jesus <laughs> said, um, so, so Jesus gives them a pattern to pray, like, pray about these kinds of things. But I don't think he was actually saying, pray this exact thing. Uh-huh. And so we've turned it into a prayer that we recite together. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's all bad. I mean, there's times when like I'm really thankful that I can say something because I don't have anything of my own to say, so right. at least I have that pattern. But on the other hand, I think we've sometimes robbed ourselves of the freedom to pray the way we want because all Jesus was saying was, you know, you can refer to God as a parent or a love a loving being who watches out for you and knows you and and cares for you the way a good parent does and and you can pray about the stuff that matters to you every day like your daily bread what am I going to eat you know and you can pray to do as God would have you do even though you might not know what that is so you know and now Mm. we just have this thing that we repeat as if it were a magic talisman (laughs) or something right right. I mean my worst for sure here's my confession my worst time of prayer is that I don't like to fly and so Mm. one of the things I have set up for myself is I say the Lord's Prayer when we're taking off Am I praying or right. am I repeating a superstitious act that has so far worked <laughs> and therefore is definitely the reason why the plane stays in the air? Along with the FAA, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, you know, but so am I, I'm not really, I mean, I am praying, but I'm, I've also turned it into kind of a talisman, a little uh-huh. piece of magic. I think a lot of people do that. Problem. Well, the problem for me with that is, is that then when it doesn't work did prayer not work or and that goes into a whole section of of course what does work mean what does a prayer Mm -hmm. working mean yeah and you know that old country song that's like god you know what is it the unspoken prayer 
um, yeah, something God, about unanswered prayers. Yeah, unanswered prayers. And uh, God bless uh, unanswered prayers because yeah. you had prayed for something, you didn't get it, but something better happened mm-hmm. later kind of thing. Anyway, the whole point is, is that, so there's the authenticity piece, there's the how do we do it piece, and then there's does it work? Right. So, Pastor Katie, <laughs> does prayer work? Yeah. Well, I'm supposed to say yes. <laughs> so, but I think the question is, you kind of what you hit on earlier, which what, what does it mean to say that it works? Yeah. And I can certainly see times in my own life where I've prayed for things that haven't happened, and the 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 act of prayer has itself changed me in a way mm-hmm. that made it possible for me maybe to be open to diff- something different than what I thought I wanted. But I've also just had times when I've prayed for stuff that hasn't happened, and I don't think that that was. I don't know why it didn't happen. It was mm-hmm. a good thing that I prayed for, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. And I'm not happy with that, and I haven't made my peace with that, and I don't think that was God saying no to me. I think sometimes this stuff doesn't happen. And <laughs> um, I don't think that necessarily means, therefore, prayer never works um, or prayer always works. I, I think there can be lots of very complex ways to to answer that question. And so I, I'm partly resisting really answering it because prayer is such a complicated personal thing mm-hmm. and people have such emotional and spiritual attachments to it, you know, that for me to say to somebody, um, well, God answered your prayer, God didn't answer your prayer, mm. that is a huge thing to say. And I can be entering into a really tender place for them without knowing what I'm saying. So I'm just very cautious about answering that. I think maybe Mm -hmm. a lot of us have to figure out how to answer that for ourselves Mm -hmm. rather than trying to answer it for other people. Yeah. And there's the praying, there's, there's praying by yourself and then there's praying with other people. And this comes back to maybe our podcast of why people don't go to church or what they Mm -hmm. want out of church. And I think because you have to find that, that right mix for you. Mm-hmm. for praying with other people because that is essentially what you're doing at church. Yep. Um, whatever church it is or whatever worship that you do or want to do or maybe you don't want to be with people and people go and that's why they are on the mountaintop and sort of transcendent prayer. But um, One of the things I keep seeing as a criticism to prayer from my friends who are agnostic or atheist is the idea that prayer is being used as a substitute for action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, your thoughts and prayers are with us, right? Thoughts and yeah. mm-hmm. praying for healing and in, in, in lieu of uh, blood transfusions mm-hmm. or praying for change um, instead of working for change. Mm. Is there, what do, you, what do you guys think or of is think prayer of that idea? doing that? Is that not right. a thing to do? Well, I mean, that's a really important question, I think, is, again, going back to what does prayer look like? Is prayer just you on your knees? with the Bible in your bedroom, praying before you go to sleep? Is it being in church, doing something together? Is it being on a mountaintop? Or um, there are lots of writers who say, well, isn't prayer everything we do? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, if prayer is some sort of connection with and communication with God, can't you pray while you're talking to your congressperson about gun control? Or can't you be praying when you're feeding someone who is hungry or... Um, sitting with a friend who is dying. Why can't those things be prayer? And one of my favorite Bible passages about prayer is from Romans where Paul says, 
sometimes our prayers are just sighs that are too deep for words. Mm-hmm. Just a big, long, like, oh, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And um, mm-hmm. that's a prayer, too. So part of it maybe is expanding our imaginations about prayer so that it isn't just prayer is a thing I think with my head um, or say to myself or say with some other people. And it's somehow divorced from mm-hmm. everything else I do. It's somehow right. qualitatively different. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't mm-hmm. think that's true. But there are lots of ways in which we've kind of made that into a, an idea. And it, it also, I get uncomfortable a lot. It makes me uncomfortable when, <laughs> fill in the blank, when, you know, something's happened to me. I had cancer one time. And, um, you know, as I was going through that, people say, I'll pray for you. And I thank you thanks okay but I don't I don't know how to even feel about that mm-hmm. because I'm like I don't maybe I think chemotherapy is going to be better than your prayers I don't know you know yeah. I just I get but I get I don't want to negate them because I know they're trying to be nice I know that their yeah. sentiment and their intention is real and honest and I appreciate that piece mm-hmm. But it is an uncomfortable statement for me because I didn't grow up saying those things. Maybe yeah. in the South they say that more or what have you. <laughs> I don't know. I know for me I also sometimes pray for people, but I don't want to tell them I'm praying for them. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I have right. friends who would who I know would have that sort of reaction where it would bristle them to hear that Puts up a little I'm wall. taking time to think about them and to intentionally think about what would make their life better and to pray for them and and the word prayer is so separate from from what they live that they can't see it exactly i was just thinking like <laughs> isn't that facebook when people like or they or that you know i'm mm-hmm. think i say i'm thinking of you mm-hmm. for uh, almost everybody if, that, yeah. if something's going on i don't say praying for you because they're like what a, whatever weirdo yeah you know so <laughs> It, it, it just... <laughs> you are going to be such a weirdo if you say that. Yeah. Um, in my group of friends, and uh, so I am thinking of you. And I th- what's the difference, Pastor Katie? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, what what you say by that, what you mean by that, when you say that, I'm praying for you, could be completely different than what someone else means by that. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I, my sense is that when people kind of bristle at it, they feel like they they would want to give permission for that. Like, well, I didn't ask you to pray for me. Mm. I'm not really comfortable with you sort of using me without my agency. You know, mm, it feels that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, mm. that you, you can respect that. And if mm-hmm. that feels uncomfortable for somebody, then just saying I'm thinking of you is completely mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are lots of times when people will say, I know people are praying for me and I really, it really, it means, it means so much. It means to everything. Me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I do want people thinking of me. <laughs> so maybe it's, you know, that's my yeah. it's my problem. I, I think for some people the phrase I'm praying for you has connotations of I'm praying for your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you're mm-hmm. someone who was, didn't grow up in church, maybe you feel like or even if you are they're praying mm-hmm. because I'm a sinner and they think that's right. the only way to save me mm-hmm. instead of for me it feels like I'm praying for you because I care about you and mm-hmm. I love you and it's part of how I process the emotions that I feel at the end of the day and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if to them it feels like a judgment. Yeah, um, we're probably coming up on time, but I did want to get, we are um, going into the darkest days of the year mm-hmm. and so this often goes along with sort of deep contemplative prayer.
prayer. Can you talk a little bit about that with the, uh, I guess, churchier's theology to explain to people who either haven't been to church or listening or spiritual non-religious what what that all means? Because to me, I love this time of just maybe it's that you know real private peace in me and the candlelight and. Yeah, I mean, so we're heading into Advent, and that's that pre-Christmas, but it's its own thing. It's not just counting down the days until Christmas. What? I know. (laughs) Um, It's really this distinct time of waiting and patience and anticipation, and also of silence and quiet, and and both being open to the darkness. I think not setting up the darkness as an enemy or a bad thing, but kind of watching for God in the darkness, and then also that practice of lighting lights, which is also one of my favorite parts of the year. Because nobody knows when Jesus was born, probably not in December. But people picked that because who doesn't, in the Northern Hemisphere, who doesn't need light in December, right? We just <laughs> kind of need it. And mm-hmm. um, so we we do this thing with candle lighting and, and prayer and song. And yeah, for me, it's one of the most meaningful forms of prayer. Um, and there is something about the dark. I don't know if it's this feeling of vulnerability or mm-hmm. the feeling of kind of a closeness just things kind of feel closed in and, and there's something about the dark that opens me up more for prayer so mm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that's about altogether mm-hmm. bell there's there. these bells tinkling mm-hmm. and it's a little mystical mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of mystery and a little mystical thing about that and as we go into Christmas time and we put in our up our tree and I had the yule log and everything and the kids are so excited and I do think it goes beyond that Santa Claus is coming because mm-hmm. they don't mention that they're just like it's Christmas time mm-hmm. it's this time of year mm-hmm. and the candles are out and the thing there's just this yeah this anticipation like many churches and we have one many churches have a service on the longest night of the year mm. um, December 21st and it's to honor the hard times too because for some people this season is just it's heartbreaking really, yes mm-hmm. and they're just kind of girding themselves to grieve for the person they lost or to deal with the depression that comes in the darkness or whatever form of struggle they're having. So it's also a time to acknowledge the hard things and the and that can be another place where prayer can be very powerful. And that prayer might just be, what the hell, God? <laughs> you know, and, I, and there's probably, there's another podcast about lament, I think, because that's oh. a piece that's missing from our prayer life so much. We think we're not supposed to do that. <gasps> I that's love that. That's an important piece in mm-hmm. the Bible of our, of our our conversation, our listening and hearing from God is lament. Because you feel like prayer should either be, it's always giving thanks and all mm-hmm. of that. And it's like lament is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Let's put that down. Let's mark it down for the next time. Okay. Um, tell us what your thoughts on prayer are at Challenging Christianity Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.